And this is Martin Strong in for Shane. And it's time now for a very special edition of What the Hell Should We Watch This Weekend? And I say it's it's a very special edition because Steve Stebbing, our movie expert, just got out of the theater and he ran to be with us. And Steve is here because he just watched the brand new James Cameron Avatar movie, the way of water and uh, Steve, thank you so much for doing that and being uh, being the first person to tell us about this. Yeah, no problem. I should sound more out of breath, like that I ran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, like literally, it was twenty five minutes ago, 25, 27 minutes ago that the credits roll like rolled, and I booked it out of the theater. Got into my ride, and now I'm here. Oh, well, that is awesome. <laughs> well, well, before we get your take on it, let's hear a little bit of, from Avatar, The Way of Water. Treat them as our brothers and sisters. Teach them our ways. Keep up, Forrest, boy. If you want to live here, have to ride. Wow. So it's been 13 years in the making. Mm-hmm. Steve, you just watched it. I, and I, I want you to tell me, how do you feel? Before you tell us anything specific about the new Avatar movie, tell us how you feel. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I was just in uh, another incredible immersive 3D experience again because I don't really like the 3D format, but I made a point to do it with this because I feel like James Cameron inherently gets it. Mm-hmm. Like he just and, and the thing with Cameron and, and anybody that knows him as, as a filmmaker and, and just uh, as just a dude he loves technology so and he just wants to push it to its limits and i really think that avatar is pushing that 3d uh, experience to the limits um but i will say that the high frame rate really messes with my eyes at some point and um it feels like it's going like it's it's someone press fast forward for a second like that's kind of what it looks like to me visually but i mean stunning through and through Right. So, so as an experience, as a movie going experience, uh, it was a, su- a success. I, I think so. It's long, like it's three hours and 10 minutes. Like my screening started at seven fifteen, and I had to book at home to make it for this spot. So just to put that in kind of perspective, um, but, uh, it's entertaining, thoroughly entertaining. And, I mean, when you bet on Cameron, you generally win. I I can't re- I can't name a bad experience when it comes to James Cameron's work. Right, and you, so you're obviously a big fan of the first one. Uh, I dug the first one a lot. I, I do equate to it being Smurf, Pocahontas, and Ferngully because it <laughs> really it really is like it's not like. It, as original as it looks, like once you get down to to the meat and potatoes of it, it it is kind of derivative it's pocahontas um, basically yeah absolutely absolutely and jake sully is john smith and and all that kind of it's like it's 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 yeah exactly it, it's like new world um but i don't know it's still it still works i think it works better on the big screen than it does in a home theater um and i'm talking about the first movie um and it, it might come down to the 
the big screen is the best way to watch way of water and get the ultimate experience from because i don't, I don't think it's going to have the same oomph to it when you watch it at home Right. And and one of the reasons why it took 13 or so years to make is because James Cameron was waiting for the technology to catch up to his vision of mm-hmm. this movie. And one of the things they always talk about is underwater motion capture. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of this movie's underwater, right? Was, was I- it worth it? Absolutely. There's there's sequences under the water where I almost wanted to reach out and touch the things that were coming at me. Like it feels that close and that real. And like the first movie got uh, the burning of Pandora's forests with the embers and the smoke and got that so incredibly well done. That's exactly what he did with the underwater sequences. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's just it's just an absolutely gorgeous and flawless film to look at. And Sigourney Weaver is in this movie again. And yes, I can hardly remember the first one. I remember I enjoyed the experience, but didn't she die? Her character die in the first one? She does. Um, and to explain Sigourney Weaver's part in this, like she does play Grace again in, in little flashbacks, but she's also a new character in this one. And given that this movie is really not out until tomorrow, I don't think I should get into too much detail of exactly who she is in it, but know that she's a new character and she's a younger character. Interesting. And I guess because of the technology, they can mess with all that stuff. Absolutely. Like I, I honestly, besides, um, you know, besides uh, Sam Worthington, Zoe Zaldana, um, uh, Stephen Lang and, uh, um, Sigourney Weaver as as the the Navi um I don't really know like I don't I don't really know who who else was in it because I I didn't really pay attention to the casting list and you know not I didn't stay for the credits so I had to run home for this spot but um yeah I'm not I'm not not even sure because it, it just all blends so seamlessly that um yeah the Navi are very um very Navi they're not very human at all yeah, I can't remember any of the actors really in the first one other than Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I think CCH Pounder was in it too. I think she was like the leader of the Navi in the first film. Um, I believe her character gets killed off in that one, so mm-hmm. she didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this the, the first one was like ridiculously uh, 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 profitable. (laughs) It it made like, it it crossed the billion dollar mark. I was just reading this. It crossed the billion dollar mark, the first Avatar movie within the, within 19 days after it was released internationally. Within 19 days, it made a billion dollars. So do you think this one is headed for the same fate? I think it is going to earn that billion dollars because I think the curiosity for that whole audience that bought into the first film and bought into it in theaters are, are curious to see where the story is going to go. Um, but now, I mean, there's a new champ. I think it's Avengers Endgame is now the new champ. So, I mean, Avatar was surpassed a couple times um, in, in the, in the years since uh, 2009. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if it could become the new champ again. But, uh, you know, when it comes to Cameron, all bets are off, I think. Yeah. So and so since this segment is called What the Hell Should We Watch This Weekend? I mean, 
should people brave those lineups? I mean, the lineups would be insane, and uh, mm-hmm. but they have different ways to buy tickets now. Should people go out and see it right away? Yes, and see it in 3D. Yeah. So definitely yeah, see it easy. in 3D. So that's great. Well, uh, so so appreciative that you uh, ran from the theater <laughs> after seeing Avatar: The Way of Water, and uh, it's 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 definitely the movie event, I guess, of the Christmas season. But there are other movies, right? Um, some new movies like uh, Bardo. Silverio Gama. Periodista, documentalista, slash, artista. So this is Bardo False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. That's right, yes. And this is the guy that made uh, The Revenant, right? Yes. The movie. Yes, he made... I mean, he is—he is, he is uh, an auteur, if you will. I mean, The Revenant, Birdman, Amaris Paros, uh, Babel. Um, he's got so many uh, great films under his belt. Alejandro González Inarritu. Uh, but this is an introspective film, if you could ever say it is, uh, because basically it's about a journalist, uh, a documentarian who is on the verge of some kind of uh, identity crisis and decides to return to his native country of Mexico to kind of find his roots, get regrounded, get reacclimated and find his center again. Um, as I think we all need to at a certain point. Um, and uh, only the way that uh, Inaritu can do it because it's uh, beautifully shot. And it's amazing that this is his first film since The Revenant, uh, which won Leo DiCaprio a Best Actor, his first Best Actor award. Right. Leo DiCaprio just gets brutalized in the, oh. <laughs> that entire movie. I mean, uh, Martin, I saw the press screening of the, of the Revenant about two months before it came out. And I had to sit, basically sit on my words uh, because they, they they screened it for awards contention and everything. And I had to sit on, on my review, but I was just like, nobody's prepared for this movie. Nobody's prepared for this movie. <laughs> wow. And it is it is a ride. It is wild. I don't think there's anything like The Revenant, really. Right. And also uh, opening uh, a Canadian film, Drink Water. Uh-huh. You should make friends with her. What, make friends with Danny? Are you kidding me? We can Look at her, she's a total babe. Sign up, sir, this week, and I would love to see you as a competitor. Okay, well, I will think about it. This is not stupid sh- This is stupid sh- Feels like a Duncan. This is not a Duncan. And this is Canadian uh, Eric McCormack, who was in Will yes. and Grace. Uh, and this looks like a fun one. Yeah, not only is it Canadian, but it was also filmed in a town in BC called Penticton, which is where I am calling from right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, Very cool, so... so. Close yeah, to home. it's literally in my backyard. A very John Hughes-esque um, film, a coming-of-age film about a guy named Mike Drinkwater who is basically kind of floundering in his own kind of identity, trying to figure out who he is until a young woman comes and crosses his pathway and their friendship starts to grow even beyond the constraints that his dirtbag father, played by Eric McCormick, puts him in. And uh, yeah, I the the guy, the main actress went and the main actor in this one, uh, Daniel Doheny, such a great performance out of him. 
And it's really good to see a Canadian film that you're not just touting because it's a Canadian film and you're trying to have that CanCon stuff out there and, and try to elevate it. It's actually a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks it looks fun. Uh, and before we get to the Shifts AV Club, I want to talk about what's on television and, and a show you pointed out that I, I saw the little thing on Netflix. I don't understand what this show is about, but it looks funny. Who Killed Santa? A Murderville murder mystery. I am here doing Murderville. I have not been given a script. What I know is next to nothing. I think I'm going to have to figure out who the murderer is which I'm delighted by. Santa Claus is dead. So that's Jason Bateman. That's right. Yeah, Jason Bateman's in this one. Maya Rudolph's in this one. And Martin, who killed Santa? That's the the question at the center of this one. Will Arnett is your lead cop in this one. Terry Seattle. Uh, And if you haven't seen the first season of Murderville, which I believe is six episodes. It is must see stuff. Uh, If you like this one, I I, I implore you to to continue on the journey because basically the only person with the script is the, you know, the crew that are making the film and Will Arnett, the guests have no idea what's going on. Everything is improv and off the cuff and reactionary. And some of the most hysterical things I've seen on television this year have been part of Murderville. That's Who Killed Santa, a Murderville murder mystery on Netflix. And Steve Stebbing is our guest. He just saw the brand new Avatar movie. 